as we look at manipulators, um, it's very critical because some of you are dealing with manipulators. Next week, we're going to look at draining people. How many of you have some people that drain and just suck and just draining you dry? We're going to talk about that next week. I'm going to finish out the series talking about hypocrites. And today, as we look at, boy, that got aroused up in here, Man, hypocrites. Come on, somebody. I want to talk to you about manipulating people because some of you are dealing with manipulating people. They're manipulating your life. They're manipulating your marriage. They're manipulating your kids. They're manipulating your finances. They're manipulating your career. You're dealing with manipulating people. And the interesting thing is that there are manipulators even in the Bible. There were manipulating people. And I want to study one particular Bible character today, and his name is Jacob. Let's look at what the Scripture says in Genesis chapter 25 and verse number 26. It says, then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. Jacob, the younger brother, even in the womb, was grasping Esau's heel. It says, so they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. Now, now Jacob, his name means, if you study the Old Testament and look at the Hebrew there, that, 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 that word Jacob means heel catcher or deceiver. Manipulator, that's literally what his name means, deceiver, manipulator, and Jacob definitely lived up to his name. If you're new to Bible study or not familiar with Bible study, in Genesis chapter 25, verse 29 through verse number 34, we see that, that Jacob, he manipulated his brother Esau out of his birthright. And we're going to talk about that uh, just in a, in, in, a, in a little bit about this birthright. It was very significant, the birthright. And, and we're going to look at how Jacob manipulated his own brother with food to get the birthright. And then the scripture goes on to tell us in Genesis chapter 27, verse 1 through 29, that Rebekah, that is Jacob's mother, and Jacob manipulated and deceived their father, his father Isaac, into blessing him. And this is a very interesting story. Now, oh, Isaac was getting old. He was 137 years old and he wanted to command a blessing and speak a blessing over his oldest son, Esau. And now today, that's not a common practice, but in those days, this was huge. The father would lay hands and command a blessing on the oldest child, and that, that blessing would include you're going to kind of rule and have authority over your siblings. I'm commanding this blessing over your life. And it was a huge moment in families in those days. And, and so now Isaac, at the end of his life, he's, he's going blind. He can't see very well at all. He, he's getting up in age. His, his health is failing, and he realizes I'm about to die. So he tells his oldest son, Esau, listen, I want to bless you. So here's what I want you to do. Go out and go hunting and killed a wild animal. Esau liked to hunt, and so go kill a wild animal and make some tasty game food just the way that I like it, and I'm going to put a blessing on you. So Esau goes out to go hunting, and Rebekah, his wife, overheard what he told their son Esau. And so she goes to Jacob and says, listen, Jacob, your father's about to command a blessing on your brother. I want you to get the blessing. So listen, he went hunting. We don't have time to go hunting. Go out there in the backyard, boy, and get a couple of those goats. 
We're going to prepare a meal for your father just the way that he likes it, and you're going to get the blessing. And so he goes out, gets the goats, mom cooks some food, and guess what happens? They realize we've got to make you look like Jacob and so, or like Esau, so he puts on his brother's clothes. He even puts goat skin on his hands because his brother Esau was hairy. So he put goat skin on his hands and on his neck. How many know there are some people that will go to the extreme to manipulate you? How many know what I'm talking about? You got any goat skin people in your life? You know what I'm saying? So put some goat skin on to go trick his dad. And then he goes to his dad with the meal and says, here, dad, here's the meal for you. I'm here. I'm Esau. I'm Esau. I'm not I'm Esau. I'm not Jacob. I'm Esau. Bless me. His father hears his voice. He's like, what's up with that? You sound like Jacob. Are you, are you Jacob? No, I'm Esau. And he reached out and he touched his hands. He thought, well, it's the voice of, of, of Jacob, but his hands are like Esau. And then his father asked this question, boy, how did you get that food that quick? You went hunting and got the, how did you do that? And here's what, here's, what, here's what Jacob said, the Lord gave me success. How many know some manipulated people will even use the Lord's name? How many know what I'm talking about, huh? How many are those manipulating people? You know what I'm saying? We'll use God's name to get what they want. And that day, he tricked his daddy and got his brother's blessing through manipulation. How do we deal with those kind of people? How do we deal with the people who dress up, who try to trick us, who lie to us, who manipulate us? How do we deal with manipulating people who are sucking the life out of us, our family, our marriage, our kids, our career. Let's look at the Scripture today and see what the Scripture says about how do we deal with manipulating people. Number one is this. The first thought I want to share with you is recognize manipulation. You have to recognize manipulation. It's very interesting in Genesis 27 and verse 33. It says that Isaac did not recognize him. He did not recognize him as Jacob. He did not recognize him. He thought it was Esau. Listen, Esau nor his father Isaac recognized the fact that they were being manipulated by Jacob. And friends, if you're going to successfully deal with the manipulator, you have to recognize that you are being manipulated. And Jesus, he recognized when people were trying to manipulate him. Let me give you one example of Jesus just recognizing, you're trying to manipulate me. Matthew chapter 16, verse 22 says this, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. The context is Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm getting ready to die on the cross. I'm getting ready to pay the price for your sins. I'm going to rise up on the third day. They have no clue what he's talking about. And Peter hears that Jesus is about to die, and he says, this will never happen. I'm not going to let it happen to you, Jesus. In verse 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And Jesus recognized, even though Peter, his motives were good, but he recognized that Peter was trying to manipulate him out of doing the will of his father. He recognized it. And you and I, just like Christ, we need to recognize when people are trying to manipulate us out of the will of God for our life. Let me just share with you today some signs that you might be being manipulated. Signs of being manipulated. Here's some signs. The first thought is this. You, you always feel guilty. 
you might be being manipulated when you always feel guilty. You have somebody in your life, they always guilt trip you. If you really love me, if you really care, nobody ever calls me. Why don't you call? Nobody ever calls me. Do you ever want to say to them, doesn't your phone work? Call me. Manipulating. Nobody ever helps me. I'm by myself. Nobody helps. And if you always feel guilty, it's a sign that you might just be being manipulated. You've got to recognize that you might be being manipulated. Another sign that you might be being manipulated is you feel threatened. You feel threatened. You know, a manipulator will say things like this to you. If you don't do, if you don't do it, then let me tell you what's going to happen. You, you better do it or else. You better do it. Threatened. Husband, your wife says, if you don't do that, you can't have this. You might be being manipulated, my brother. I'm moving right along. You might be being manipulated. You might be being manipulated when you compromise your biblical values to please others. See, Jesus did not compromise his, his convictions. He knew what his father wanted him to do, to die on the cross. And when Peter, though his heart was good, he didn't want Jesus to die, he would not compromise what his father wanted him to do. And when, people, when you're compromising what the Word of God says, you are being manipulated. When you do that to please people, it is manipulation. A fourth, a fourth sign that you're being manipulated is you compromise your personal convictions to please others. Now, I said biblical convictions a second ago. Now I'm talking about personal convictions. Please understand this. It's, there are personal convictions that are not necessarily a sin, but they're not good for you, not good for your family. And you start compromising your personal convictions to please others, you're probably being manipulated. The Scripture says it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 23. You say, I am allowed to do anything but not everything is good for you. Hey, I'm allowed to do anything. It, this doesn't go against God's word. It, I mean, this is not, it's, it's, it's not unbiblical. I mean, it's okay. It, I'm allowed to do this. But not everything is good for you, even though you're allowed to do it. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And so there are some things that they're not sin but they're not beneficial. They might be permissible, but they're not beneficial. Let me give you an example. So per perhaps, uh, you know, every day after work, your coworker wants you to come hang out. Come on and hang out, man. We're going to go golfing. We're going we're gonna to go fishing. Come on, girl. We're going to go shopping. We're going to play some racquetball. We're, we're going to 18 holes of golf. Come on. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And there is no scripture that says, thou shallest not hang out with friends after work. That's not a scripture. That's not a sin. But if you have kids at home, you have a spouse at home? It might be permissible to do that, but it's not beneficial. It might be okay to go hang out every day and go, not get home till 9 o'clock at night, but can I tell you, it's not good for your family. It's not good for your marriage. It might be beneficial, but it may be permissible, but it's not beneficial, and yet they're always working. Come on, come on, hang out. It's cool. Come hang out. Come on, man. Come hang out. Come on, lady. Come on. And always working you. And when somebody's always working you, and it's not, it's going against your personal convictions, you may be being manipulated. There's, there's a fifth sign, fifth sign you, you might be, be being manipulated, and that, that is this, it's good for them, but not good for you. 
you always get the short end of the stick. Have you ever been around somebody and they start explaining something to you? All the time they're explaining it to you. And you just start thinking to yourself. You start thinking, hmm, that's good for you. It's horrible for me. You, you, you've been in those kind of conversations. You're just thinking, you're like, wow. And every time they talk, and they're all excited, and they're smiling. And you know how many manipulators? They kill you with kindness. Like, yeah, you're awesome. You're wonderful. You're going to help me, right? And it's always good for them. And it's always bad for you. That's a sign you might be being manipulated. Here's, here's, here's a sixth sign you might be being manipulated, and that is this. Recognizing manipulation. Recognizing manipulation. They have a track record of manipulation. When you're hanging around somebody that has a track record of manipulation, you've got to recognize it. The Scripture says this in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 20. Thus by their fruit. Come on, everybody say, everybody say, fruit. Notice that thus by their fruit you will recognize them. You know manipulators by their fruit. Jacob, you've manipulated your brother out of his birthright. You manipulated your dad out of the blessing. You even dressed up with some goat skin to get hairy and put some clothes on to smell like your, your brother. My friend, I got my eye on you, Jacob. I don't care how slick you talk. I see a pattern. I'm seeing fruit. You did that to your own daddy? You would do that to your own brother? Got to recognize manipulation. There's a second way that we deal with manipulation. First, we got to recognize the Lord. Help us. Let your Holy Spirit help us recognize people that are trying to manipulate us out of your will. Number two is this. Say no to manipulation. Now, that sounds so simple. But yet so many people struggle with saying no to manipulators. And the reason people struggle is because they, they think, well, if I say no to them, they won't like me anymore. If I say no to them, they, they might talk bad about me. If I say no to them, they, they, want, they may not be my friend anymore. If I, if I say no, they, they might not love me anymore. If I say no, they might not approve of me anymore. And so instead of saying no, a lot of people find themselves saying yes to manipulators to please them, to, to win approval so they can make sure they, their, their, their life and so they can fit into the group still. And so they always constantly say yes to manipulation. And here's what I want you to know. It's okay to say no. Saying no is actually in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. Scripture says it like this in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 37. Just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Yes, I will, or no, I won't. You have to start saying no to manipulation. Come on, let's practice together. Come on, let's practice. Everybody shout, no. no. Now, some of you did it with an attitude. Stop it. You can say no and be nice. No! <laughs> you, listen, listen, listen. You gotta say no. Stop letting people control your life. Stop allowing people to get you outside of the will of God for your life. You have to learn to say no. No. But come on, you know, you can, you can, you can give me that money. You come on. No. Come on, you want. Why don't you? Why don't you be nice? If you really care, you know you would. You would do it. If you really. No. 
your five-year-old. I want the candy. No. And I'm about to get my belt in Jesus' name. No. you got Because some of you don't say no. You don't say no. You don't say no. You got to learn to say no. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. You have to learn to say no during weak moments. You see, a lot of people give into manipulation when they're experiencing weak moments in life. That's what happened to Esau. Ch- check this out. Genesis chapter 25, verse 29 says this. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness. He was out hunting, exhausted and hungry. Check this out. Weak moments. He's exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Man, I'm, it's a weak moment. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his name, other name, Edom, which means red. He loved red, loved red stew. Verse 31, all right, Jacob replied, but trade me. Here's the manipulation. But trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Verse 32, here's what, here's what Jacob, Esau said back to him. Look, I'm dying of starvation. Man, I'm hungry. It was a weak moment. And in a weak moment, I've been exhausted and tired and hungry. He sold, he gave up his birthright, the blessing of the firstborn, for a bowl of stew. Friends, there are so many people who give in to manipulation and give in to sin during a weak moment. You've got to be careful during weak moments that you don't get manipulated and get outside of God's will. Everybody say this with me. Everybody say halt. Say it one more time. Halt. H-A-L-T. I learned this when I was back in college and it always stuck with me. Weak moments. HALT stands for this. Here's when you're most vulnerable. HALT stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. When you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, when you're tired. Weak moments. And many people, just like Esau, given to manipulation, given to sin, get outside of God's will. Halt! Be careful. Don't give in. Halt! During weak moments, you've got to learn to say no. Number three is this. There's, there's, there's a third thing I want to share with you today about how to deal with manipulators. Number three is this. Think long-term, not short-term. Long-term, not short-term. One of the biggest reasons Esau was so easily manipulated was because he was thinking and focused on the short-term, not the long-term. Let me show this to you. In Genesis 25, verse 32, it says, Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? Notice that key word. What good is my birthright now? Because at this very moment, I'm hungry. What good is this piece of paper now? I want some food. What good is this now? Short-term thinking. Short-term thinking got him in trouble. All over a bowl of stew. How many know their food has messed up on many good people? How many know that food? Come on, come on. I, I told you before, I grew up in Wewoka, Oklahoma. One man shot another man over a hot link sandwich. How many know that hot link sandwich was not worth it? How many know what I'm talking about? That hot link was not there. I don't care how hot that bad mama jamma was. It was not worth shooting somebody. How many know that? Food. I love food. How many of you love food like your pastor? I love food. 
Some of my favorite food is Mexican food. You know what I love about Mexican food? I like to go to a Mexican place where you get those chips and that salsa. Every once in a while, I'll go to a Mexican place. I'll say, now, do y'all got your queso? Oh, no, that's an upcharge. Oh, I'm in the wrong Mexican place. I mean, huh? What? What? I like to go to those Mexican places, man. You get chips, salsa, and queso. What, what's up? And then at the end, at the end of your meal, like, so papillas. What's up? Come on, a family of six? My family is all about it. Mr. Cooper, would you like a refill on chips? Yes, we would. Yes, it's good. Food, I like food, I like food, I like food. People like food. And listen, when you think short term, you give in to manipulation. Verse 33 goes on to say, Genesis 25, verse 33. It says, but Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore on earth that by, excuse me, swore on oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob over a bowl of stew. Because of short-term thinking, Esau thought he needed immediate desires met rather than his long-term destiny fulfilled over a bowl of stew. You got to be careful. When you're getting manipulated, you got to think long-term, not short-term. Somebody's trying to manipulate you. Hey, can I have some money? It's one of your family members. Come on. Come on, cousin. You know we blood. We're blood. We always have blood out. And they hound you and they mess with you. You're sucking the life out like a tick. And you just give in. You're like, oh, I'm just tired of it. Here, here's the money. And then at the end of the month, you can't pay your bill. And you're lobbing from the electric bill to pay the gas bill. Because you thought short term. You got yourself into a bind. Somebody's always trying to, always want to switch shifts, shifts with you. And they're always going, come on, take my hours, man. Take my hours. And they always work. Come on, you know what I'm going through. You know what's happening in my life. And they're always wanting to switch shifts with you. And, you know, you're just like, oh, you know, oh, okay, okay, I'll do it again. And because you're thinking short term, I just want you to like me. I just want to make you happy. I just want to please you. You're not thinking long term. And now you're always missing your kid's soccer game. And you're never there. Because you're thinking short term. And short term, it feels good to get that person off your back, make them feel good. But long term, you're hurting your relationship with your own kid. You got to be careful. Short term thinking will get you in trouble. You're dating that guy, and he's your dream guy. You're like, I like him. He's even been to People's Church twice in the last year. I can tell you why he came, but anyways, uh, uh, so, and he's going out with you, and come on, girl, you know, let's make out. Come on now, you know I love you. You my girl. Come on now, you know, you know, you know how it is, you know. I love you. Come here, girl. You want some more French fries? Come on. Short-term thinking says, I want to please him. I want to make him happy. I want to be affirmed. I want to be validated. Long-term thinking says, I dishonor God. I lose my reputation. I don't want to lose the favor of God on my life. 
Short-term thinking will make you sell your birthright and blessing over a bowl of stew. What do I need this birthright for now? He gave it up for stew. Short-term thinking. There's a fourth thing that I, I want you to see today, and I want to switch gears as I want to address something totally different. And the fourth thing that I want to just communicate to you is this. Stop manipulating people. Stop, stop. If you're a manipulator, stop manipulating people. And let me just share with you why you should stop manipulating people. And let me first set it up by saying we all deal with this. I deal with this. You deal with this. We all deal with wanting to manipulate people, wanting to control people, wanting to have our way. We all can deal with this. And if you're a manipulating person, Stop manipulating people. The first thought is this. It's a tool of the devil. Somebody's like, what? Pastor's losing his mind. He went from manipulation to the devil. Really, Pastor? Seriously? Understand this. The devil works through deception and manipulation. It's one of his biggest weapons he, he uses to take people down. Deception and manipulation. And did you realize that people can be used of the devil and they don't even know it? Jesus says, I'm getting ready to die on the cross. I'm going to die a cruel death on the cross. Peter says to Jesus, well-intentioned, he says, Jesus, no, never, never will we let this happen. And Jesus responds back to Peter. And he says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Not Peter. You're being used of the devil and you don't even know it. Get behind me, Satan, because manipulation is a tool of the evil one. Listen, 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 listen. Next time your spouse is trying to manipulate you, you look at them and say, get behind me. Don't you do it. I'm just saying. It is not going over well. Manipulation. Is a tool of the evil one. The scripture says it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 13. It says, these people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers. They manipulate. They're deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles. These apostles, these men are supposed to be men of God, leaders of the church. They're, they're supposed to be, be pillars in the church, and yet they're not really following Jesus. They're not honoring God. They're, they're being deceptive. They're disguising. They're acting like something that they're not. They're being like Jacob. They're putting on goat skin and putting on other people's clothes, trying to manipulate. And it goes on to say in verse 14, but I am not surprised that these people are manipulating. Why? Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Deception and manipulation is a tool of our spiritual enemy. Don't be a pawn in the enemy's hand. The second reason why you have to stop manipulating is this. You ruin your reputation. You ruin your reputation. The scripture says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 3, do not let kindness and truth, notice that, and truth leave you. Don't let truth leave you. Don't manipulate. Don't con people. Don't let truth leave you. Matter of fact, it's so important that you have kindness and truth. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart so you will, why? Why? So you will find favor and the good repute or that word reputation, good reputation in the sight of God and man. You see, when you're a manipulator, the interesting thing is this. You become that person 
And how many of you know that most manipulators don't even know that they're that person? They come into the room and they don't know it, but they're labeled as that person. And when you're a manipulator, your reputation, your character is flushed down the toilet. And you might think you're conning everybody and fooling everybody, manipulating everybody. When you lose your reputation, your good repute in the sight of God and man, and you become that person. The third reason, why you got to stop manipulating. you got to stop manipulating. The third reason is this. You suffer consequences. Even though Jacob's manipulation got him what he wanted, it came with unexpected consequences. Let me just share several of them with you. His brother wanted to kill him because he manipulated him. The scripture says he wanted to kill Jacob. They became enemies. He had to leave his father and mother's home because of the manip manip manipulation. His brother wanted to kill him. And this is really interesting. You have to study this out for yourself. But as I read the scriptures, you never again see Rebecca and Jacob together again. It appears that he never gets to see his mom again when he leaves home. Manipulation. No doubt his family is full of conflict. I can only imagine Esau trying to talk to his mom of the conflict there. The husband Isaac and Rebecca trying to talk to one another after all that conflict. Just family conflict is happening now. And you know what else happens to oh, Jacob? He gets manipulated by his own uncle Laban. He wanted to marry Rachel and got deceived and manipulated by his own uncle and married Leah first by manipulation and had to work another seven years, a total of 14 years to get Rachel. He got manipulated. We call that you reap what you sow. The scripture says it like this in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. Do not be deceived. Don't listen. Don't manipulate. Don't con people. But Pastor, I'm going to get what I want. Don't be deceived, Jacob. God cannot be mocked. A man, woman, reaps what he sows. When you sow a thought, you reap an act. You sow an act, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. You sow a character, you reap a destiny. Watch what? The last thing you and I want to do is go through our life sowing the seeds of manipulation to get our way because we will reap what we sow. Lord, help our hearts to surrender to you and not to be a manipulating person and to recognize and to handle manipulating people in a way that honors you.